don't do parenting alone. Nobody was created or designed to do parenting alone. We cannot succeed doing parenting alone. Parenting has to be done with the support of a community. I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me. I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We break into Welcome to the Barabricus Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Dunker. This is season three of the podcast and we are talking about parenting. Well, we had a session on mothering and this session is all on fathering. And this is my friend, Ibrahim Bangra. Actually, I'm now finding out that he was in church from 2002 in my parents' church. My dad is a pastor, so here we go. And so we went to school together, but you were in the arts class and I was in a commerce class. Yeah. So funny. So when we were sitting in our grade 12 exams, he came to our house to study and Mm -hmm. we studied the whole night for the YA exam. For a while. We did that for like weeks. It was four of us. Me, you, Sonia and Abdul. How I passed times, I still don't know. But here we go. Because we crammed an entire (laughs) textbook (laughs) in like one week. (laughs) I can't. Like it was fun times. Ivy, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ibrahim. I just heard Joyce call me Ibi. This is really interesting. So people back in Africa, people that have known me for a while, they call me Ibi. But people in the state, they call me Ibi. Oh. Yes. It all started with M. My wife's name is Emily. So my wife's Emily and we have two kids. David turned two on April 3rd and Zoe is about three months old. At the time of this recording, she's three months old. So she right. was born on December 31st, 2020. That's a quarantine baby. David was not a quarantine baby, but he grew up in quarantine. Mm. So he was born in quarantine. That's a basically. quarantine baby. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> it's a whole joke about that. You leave us in the house too long, you're just going to have a baby. That's mm. just what happens. That's why this is a very good time to talk about parenting. <laughs> uh-huh. So you and I, yeah, we've known each other for a while. Yeah. Know your family for a while. I actually became a Christian at the church of dad pastors. Mm-hmm. And I've been on a church staff as a pastor since 2016. So your dad has... Shocker, guys. Yeah. I never believed, I never thought Ivy's going to be a pastor. I know, right? Miracles do happen, don't Miracles they? Miracles happen. God works <laughs> in mysterious ways. But yeah. tell us about Tiko Ivy. Ivy. Yeah. So my wife, when we started dating, she couldn't say my name correctly. <laughs> Ibrahim? Yeah, she couldn't okay. say it correctly. And I didn't correct her. I just let How it go. How did she call you? 
something like Abraham or I can't even remember, yeah. but it's really interesting. But she got me this cute nickname, EB. I now introduce myself as EB. So most people here know me as EB. But then when I talk to people like yourself who've known me for forever. For the IB. Correct. So it depends on which side of the Atlantic Ocean that no. I know you. <laughs> that's how I go by. Or uh, how long you've known me. How long. This yeah. is true. So that's the gist about EB versus IB. So since we're talking about parenting, how has it been like, first of all, how long have you been married? We got married in August 2016. And did you want to have kids as soon as you got married or did you guys want to wait? No, we planned actually. And thank God we, you know, we were on par with our plans. We wanted to wait a couple of years because we wanted to just enjoy ourselves as a couple wanted to get to know each other more and because it's one thing when you date someone it's totally a different thing when you're in marriage because then all the facade that comes with dating even if you live together while dating there's still a lot of facade but yeah. you get to know the person more but yeah. once you're married all, everything is taken up yeah. and you get to know the real person the real person so we wanted to get to know the real us mm-hmm. before we introduce a new entity being kids to yeah. our relationship which we predicted it was going to change the dynamics of our relationship mm. because that's what people have told us and they yeah. were correct you know yeah. having kids changes the dynamics of your relationship so tell me why it's important to plan the reason why I'm asking is because especially when you're like in a certain community well let me just say that the black community especially from back home, mm-hmm. it's like when you get married, the next thing they expect is for you to be pregnant and have kids. And now you're talking about you guys planned. Whereas if you're back home, it'd be like, ah, who's still not a born picking? Who's still not a picking That's not your business. Those who want to plan, fine. But right. if you don't want to, that's okay. But I just want to ask, what's the importance? So we got married in 2016. Our child was born in 2019. And you're right, Joyce. Every couple has their own journey, right? Yeah. Some people, they want to have babies quickly and pray to them. Hats off. That's mm-hmm. good. If they can do that, that's great. For us, we wanted to wait a little bit because we wanted to get to know each other some more. Yeah. We wanted to build that foundation between two of us before introducing other greatness to our relationship. So I think waiting a little bit before you have kids, now for those who want to, what that does, it gives you the opportunity to iron out some kinks in your relationship Mm -hmm. because having a child will only intensify whatever the relationship is so if the relationship is already great Mm -hmm. having a child will intensify if the relationship is going through rough patches having a child will intensify so wedding gives you the opportunity to iron out some things when emily and i got married in the beginning it was rough for us the first Mm -hmm. three months because Mm -hmm. i worked a whole lot and as a result, didn't have t- a lot of time mm-hmm. for M. So I had to adjust my life. Because as a single guy, all I did was work. Mm-hmm. So I'm not married. <laughs> and I had to like switch my life to yeah. say like, hey, I got to... another person. Correct. Yeah. Like, it's not just about me and my work. So I had to make this new person, my wife, mm-hmm. the priority. Therefore, my whole life had to account for that. So it is the same thing to when you have a child. Yeah. Just that it is now double that, not just you as a father, but you as a couple, mm-hmm. your whole life as a couple has to account for the fact that you are having this new human being that is 100% depending on you. Mm-hmm. Their existence, their livelihood, everything is dependent on you. So when you wait, you give yourself the opportunity to, again, no find who you are as a person, grow together as a couple, prepare that foundation to welcome a child. 
And that, for me, I think is a healthier way to do it, especially if you have some time. If you're a younger couple, you have some time. There's no rush that the clock is ticking, so to speak. I think it's fine. Wait some more. It's a good time if you want to travel with your spouse. Travel. Because when you have, we discover we're in a place right now where it's much more difficult for us to travel. It takes more planning for us to travel as a couple than when it was just the two of us. I mean, it's great now travel with our kids, but it's just a little bit different. Now, having a child is not a burden. It's just a newer challenge that you have to plan your life around. Yeah, a new management skill or something that has to be added, like you're improving on your management skill. (laughs) Absolutely. In fact, a friend of mine just posted something on Facebook and she's been working from home as a stay-at-home mom for Mm -hmm. a while and then... She was hired at a church to work in an administrative role. Mm-hmm. And her little child was asking her a question, why are you working for the church? And they making you do it. And she was like, no. So the child kept going like, well, why you? Why would the church hire you? Because I've never seen your work. And she said, well, and the child said, what would you be doing? And she said, well, I'll be organizing. I'll be doing coordinating things. And the child said, oh, I see why they will hire a mom for that. <laughs> Because it's always organizing, <laughs> organizing, you know, get coordinating things. Yeah. So you develop new management skills yeah. as parents on top of many other things, right? Yeah. So how has parenting been like? It's been a journey. Some days better than others. We're only a few years. Our oldest is only two. Mm. So we're only a few years into these. So we had two kids under two years old. That was challenging. Mm. Our oldest child, mm-hmm. David, very active. Very active. <laughs> You've seen very him around. Active, yeah. guys. <laughs> very active and like nonstop. Zoe, our daughter, we are hoping that she doesn't turn out to be that active. It's kind of looking the same way too. <laughs> Let her be. Yeah. So it's been a journey of learning. And I heard this saying that a child and a parent are born on the same day. We have this child and our life as parents also started about Mm -hmm. the same time. Mm -hmm. So they are learning and we are learning as well. Mm. Except that we are learning, we are students, but also caretaker Mm -hmm. providers. So we don't have that. There's no manual. (laughs) Yeah, there's not. I've read books on parenting conference and those are great. I recommend, which at some point, I hope I get to talk about like mentorship or mentoring. Like I'm huge Mm. all about that. Like get your young parent or thinking of being a parent Get other people to mentor you. We have people who are five years ahead of us in this journey. Yeah. Anywhere from five all the way to 50 some years ahead yeah. of us in this journey. Yeah. So we meet with a couple once a month that is years ahead of us in this journey. Great. But nobody can fully prepare you to be a parent. It's a great surprise, but it's a tough surprise at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Your baby is screaming and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> And that part, I don't think I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, several times. So David, when David was born, oh, it's terrible. So there's this thing called cluster feeding. This is when the child just eats a lot of time within a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. So for David, in the first 48 hours, because when David was born, it was six pounds, four ounces. So I think naturally he needed to eat a lot to make up for that. When Zoe was over eight ounces, she was 8.4. So David will wake up every two hours and eat straight up for like 30 minutes to an hour, sleep for another two hours. For 48 hours straight, my wife and I did not sleep for 48 hours. I remember we were in the hospital and Emily was so exhausted and I had David. She just fed him. He was still hungry. 
And he just reached for my nipple. <laughs> and he just went to a town. And I just looked at him. Emily and I just looked at each other and we started laughing. And she was like, I'm so tired. You got this. But that was our reality. Wow. And he came home and for months, he would eat every two hours on the dot for 24 hours for months. So we were waking up every two hours. You guys didn't know about the 12 hours of sleep in 12 months. That's when you're trying to put the child on a schedule. You would have broken that within one month. <laughs> yes, it was rough for us. But now you guys are doing that with Zoe. Was oh, it that Zoe's, bad with Zoe? No, Zoe's great. She's three months and she only wakes up once at night. That's good. That's awesome. But Emily has got her on a schedule. Well, yes, Emily tried to, but Zoe just did it herself. She's completely different from David. David, at three months, was still waking up three, four times a night. But now he sleeps. He goes to bed like yeah. 6, 6.30. He wakes up at 7 o'clock mm. in the morning. So he yeah. sleeps good 12 hours now. That was a, like a whole year of struggle. <laughs> a whole struggle, struggle, struggle. Wow. Yeah. So I saw that to say parenting for us has been a journey. And there's so many great things. Like, mm. I remember, and I have a video of him taking his first steps. Like... I remember the first time he calls me Dada because he calls me Daddy now, which I find strange. I like Dada better than Daddy. But like just looking in my eyes and say, I love you, Dada. There's so many great things yeah. that it belittles to the minute grain, the waking up at night. Yeah. Like it's totally worth it. Now, we went to get groceries the other day and I was just pushing the car and he was staring into me and just like say hug Dada and then kiss me. I was telling Emily about this yesterday. This happened probably three, four days ago. And I was telling Emily about this yesterday. Mm. And this older gentleman came around, put his arms around me and said, oh. your son looks at you like you walk on water. Oh. And he said, I saw you came in the grocery store. It was just awesome. Oh. And I got a little bit emotional because... That is so cute. Yeah, like that's our son. That's my legacy. Both of them, both of our kids are our legacies. How did you feel when you learned that Emily was pregnant? And how did you feel on the first day you held your child? We were pregnant first without even knowing it. Oh. Yeah, it took us a few weeks. Okay. I remember we went to Florida for a conference. And after that, we went out, took a few days vacation to go see a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. And also to spend some time because it was our anniversary. And then came home. And Emily went to work and called me from work. Hey, can you meet me at this restaurant? It was a place that we like to eat a lot of mm -hmm. the time. So went to the restaurant and we're eating. I thought we were celebrating her getting a promotion because she was just getting promotion after promotions at work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's incredible. So I thought, oh, we're just going to celebrate another promotion. Mm -hmm. Then she whooped out the test. And I'm like, oh, what's that? She was like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> In the restaurant? In the restaurant. Did you scream it down? I did. <laughs> Wow. I absolutely did. She should have known. Yeah, but I'm about to be a father. I was really excited. I was looking forward to it. We mm -hmm. both were. And that started a very beautiful journey for mm. us. And thankfully, we have a community that's great. We have a great support system mm -hmm. here. Friends, families, and church folk. We have mm -hmm. a great support system. Yeah. So that has been awesome for us. How did I feel when I held David for the first time? I cried, actually, when I saw him for the first time. I don't cry a lot. I'm not a crier. But I'd like to see that video. Yeah, I did cry. Because he was crying when he came out. And then he heard my voice. And they started turning to... Oh, because yeah, he already knows your voice. He knows my voice. 
And that was something we did a lot. We prayed every night mm-hmm. when Emily was pregnant with him. Mm-hmm. And I will read books to him in oh, the womb. Because they can so, hear you, right? Yeah. They can so hear you in the womb. So he knew my voice from yeah. the day he was born. Came out, he heard my voice, he was looking for me. And I went over to where I was. Mm-hmm. And I gave him my pinky, held it tight. Then he stopped crying. And I started crying. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cut the umbilical cord. I held him first before Emily because we did a C-section. Then took him over to M and we just looked at each other and both got teary eyes. No. And because M was in labor for like 23 hours or something like that. And then we had to do a C-section because it was not going yeah. to great. <laughs> I think he slept with me for the first three, four months of his life every night. Wow. We did a lot of skin to skin together. That's why he was doing two hours for, for a long time. Yeah. Because he was used to you guys holding yeah. him. Oh, I held him. Yeah, we did a lot of skin to skin together just because it's healthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's even better with the mom. They have this like belly band at the mm-hmm. hospital. I use it as the sack. I just put him in there, mm-hmm. shirtless, and we just oh. did that for like, until it was like six months, I was still doing skin to skin with him. You talked about support system and I want you to touch more on it because I feel like it's important. We have a support system around us and even in the house because a lot of people go through a lot of things. And I mean, now that you talk about two hours straight, I used to say that when I have my kids, I wouldn't want my mom to be around at least, or my spouse's mom to be around for at least three, four months (laughs) because I want to build that bond with the kids before grandparents come and spoil them. Mm-hmm. But talking about two hours straight of feeding, I'm like, I'm going to be tired. Yeah, Spouse is going to be tired. So yeah. definitely would need that support. So I want you to touch on that community support as well as support in the house because I feel like when people get married, especially in our Black communities, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the woman does it all and the man doesn't do anything apart from working and coming back home and being fed and the woman is taking care of the kids and you as well as the husband like we are not in the dark ages or on the stone ages again we are like <laughs> this is 21st century the woman is working the yeah. man is working too. i know the man is the head of the home but women still need that support because it's a lot of work yes let me talk about support from four different angles you can call this like the quadrilateral of support at least that's how i view it okay as. So yeah, there's self-support. If you're married, mm-hmm. there's spousal support. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a partner, you know, there's that partner support. Mm-hmm. And then you have the family and friends support. Mm-hmm. And then you have the community support. So the self-support is where you see this a lot, especially for single parents, mm-hmm. whether you're single dad or a single mom. So when you are in an airplane, they always tell you, put on your mask first mm-hmm. before you give mm-hmm. your child a mask, yeah. you know, an oxygen tank. The reason is that if you are not taking care of yourself, if you're not supporting yourself first, you cannot fully care for a child. Right. As a parent, you have to pay attention to yourself, Mm -hmm. pay attention to your emotions, pay attention to how you're feeling physically. Are you fatigued? Do you need a break? And they'll tell you, like, if you get to the point where the child is crying and you're getting frustrated, you're getting fatigued, put down the child, Mm -hmm. walk away, go to another room and take care of yourself. Do a breathing exercise. Don't leave the child in the house by themselves, themselves, but like go into another room, take a break, take a breather. You have to take care of yourself. You Mm -hmm. have to support yourself. So that's priority number one. You have to Mm self-care before you can properly take care of a child. So that's the first support that is so critical for any parent. And I think the second support, this is for those who are partners or who are married. So in Emily and I's case, we are each other's primary support. 
So when we had our first child, we decided that we don't want any parent to come around mm -hmm. until the first two weeks because mm -hmm. we wanted that time that, just yeah. to bond with our child Absolutely. and that's, get to that's know. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So our parents and family respected our choices and they were so great about it. No one came until like week three or week four. And we were glad for that. Mm -hmm. It was harder, but it was much more necessary. It was great. Even though it was like every two hours. Yeah. <laughs> the fact being that that was the most bonding time we had with that child. Mm. Think about it. For however long this so baby... they never visited? Even to just come and say, hey, congratulations or something like that? So our parents live out of state. They live in different states. My okay. mom lives in Ohio. Emily's parent lives in Georgia. So Georgia is about 12 hours away. Ohio is about six and a half to seven hours away from drive. Miami. Yeah, drive. Okay. The only people that actually came to visit within those two weeks and stayed were the godparents. They would help a little bit, but they'll only stay for a little bit. Okay. Because we wanted that time to really bond with our child with Damien. Did you do the same for Zoe too? Uh, yeah, pretty okay. much. It was the exact same for Zoe as well. So the spousal support where you have to support each other. So for example, Emily will breastfeed David and David also took a bottle. Emily will breastfeed David, go to sleep, and I will give David the bottle. So we took turns. And for the first two weeks, I did a lot of the changing of the diaper. Emily's mm -hmm. main job was just to help breastfeed mm -hmm. because she was physically exhausted, had to recover from a major yeah. surgery. So I had to step up and did a lot of things like house shows, most of the caring for the child and Emily. I had to do that. And then as she recovered, I stepped back a little bit because she needed to step in to do stuff as well. So we supported each other like that. And that is very important. Very important for the relationship and very important for the kids. Mm -hmm. It cannot be one person doing it all. Both Emily and I work out of the home. And my time is not more important than Emily's time. Yeah. Emily's time is not more important than my time. We both have 24 hours in a day yeah. and our time are equally valuable and equally important. Now, even if you're a woman or you're a guy and you work in the home, in most cases, the women work in the home as stay-at-home moms. Mm -hmm. Now, stay-at-home moms are also working think, in the home, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's work. So let's say one spouse works from home and the other works out of the home. Now, when you come home from your working out of the home, that's when your real job, job starts. Sets, yes. So Emily took maternal leave for about 10 weeks or so. I took one for two weeks. So after my two weeks is off, I went two, three weeks, I went back to work. And then that's when we started scheduling families to come visit. And they helped a lot. Okay. So while I that, wasn't there that was, physically, that was good. that's the third support system, mm -hmm. family and friends. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need those, but they are the third level. First level is self-support, mm -hmm. self-care. Second level for those who have spousal partners, the partner of spousal care or support. And the third is your family and friends. Mm -hmm. And we have great friends. Think called a food train. You ever heard of that concept? Basically, we had a friend who reached out to all our friends and said, hey, the Bangoras just had a baby. Aww. We're going to bring them food for like two weeks. That's good. All our friends sign up. Somebody said, I'm going to take Monday. Somebody mm -hmm. said, I'm going to take Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So for two or three weeks straight, they didn't have to cook. That's good. That's yeah. like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. People will bring dinner that could last you for two days. So yeah. just eat leftovers for like two weeks, you know. And mainly they bring fruit items that you can freeze. So we had like, Two, three months worth of food. Mm -hmm. And the same thing too with Zoe. Zoe's like three months. We still had food that people brought us when mm -hmm. she was born. Mm -hmm. And then they would come and hold the baby. Emma and I could take a quick nap. 
Oh, that's good. That's, that's amazing. That's really, really good. So that's the support you would need physically, but also just to have other people to talk to that are not toddlers or that yeah. are not babies. Oh, yeah. So important. Yeah. Imagine working at home and for 10 hours, your only companion is a baby that can articulate a talk. Yeah. It's such a relief to talk to another adult. I didn't think about it. That's a you know? thing. Yeah. So having the friends and family support is really good because they provide emotional support, physical support. They mm-hmm. provide breaks for you to nap or mm-hmm. go on dates. Usually Emily and I will have dates every Friday night. Mm-hmm. If it's not a Friday night, we'll find a day that works for us during the week to have a date. I'll tell you a quick story about weekly day because we had one in the hospital when David was born. Ooh. So Emily's parents were in town and were invited to a dinner. So Emily and I got dressed up as our date and went to dinner and mm-hmm. we left David with grandparents. And we were gone for like three hours. It was phenomenal. We felt like we were around the town. Much-needed break, break, time away from our baby. We love our baby. Both two babies now. We love them, but we needed that time. When we were pregnant, before Zoe was born, we dropped David off at his godparents for three days, Mm -hmm. and we went on a pre-day vacation, just Emily and I. Mm -hmm. We went for Jersey shows and just Emily and I. We needed that time for ourselves, right? Their godparents, amazing, amazing people. So they watched David and Zoe for us a whole lot. And every now and then we just get to go on mm. quick dates. That's the friends and family support yeah. that is so important. And they have the community. Yeah. So for us, part of my community is the church. Church community, your church family that support you as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the support that you should welcome mm-hmm. because they provide an extra level of support and care mm-hmm. in addition to self-care, spousal care, and family yeah. friends care. That food train thing. That's an idea. And people do too for like when people are sick, right? Yeah. Like if you just had a surgery, they can organize yeah. a food train. If you just had a baby. It's a lot of work. Like when your child is born, it's like, yeah, we are happy. We are celebrating. But the couple need that support. Like it's really, really much needed. First of all, they don't even know anything about parenting. That's like yeah. the first time they're having yeah. kids. And so being there to support is really great. I think you've touched on that a little bit, probably elaborate more on that. Even until now that you have two kids, that support that you give your wife. Guys, I'm currently at Ivy's house and you've been doing a really great job. I see the way you're really, really supporting. Even though Emily's working from home, I'm here, I'm on a vacation. (laughs) And even as I cook today, it was like, oh, do you need some help? What do you want me to do? I'm like, no, it's okay, you know. And he's like, no, I want to do that. I want to work. And he washed dishes. Tell us the importance of that because especially in our black communities, people mm-hmm. sit down and the wife does everything. You were raised from back home. What made you have that mentality? I'm asking you that, but I have that mentality as well. We need to support each other, not just mm-hmm. one person doing everything. Absolutely. Did you have that mentality from back home or? I don't think so. I think I grew into it. We all can learn and we all can grow. You remember you and I were talking today and I said I saw a quote on Facebook that said, We cannot raise our children the same way our parents raised us because the world for which they raised us no longer exists. We cannot do marriage the same way our parents did marriage because if you come from an unhealthy kind of background, Mm -hmm. because the way they did marriage then, Mm -hmm. it's not the same way it's done today. Now, there are some values that still need to be held. One thing I've tried to separate as a Christian, what is biblical versus what is traditional. Not everything that is traditional is biblical. Not everything that you say, oh, this is an African tradition because it is an African tradition does not make it biblical, doesn't make it right. 
Traditionally, you see in some homes, especially like where we grew up, the women will do most of the chores, most of the work. While that is traditional, that doesn't make it right. Because you've always done something the way you see a parent doing do it, it doesn't it make it right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something I had to learn. And that's something I had to grow up in. Mm-hmm. Emily and I in a relationship together. We are partners. We're co-pilots. We're equal. Yeah. We're equivalent, like in this relationship, yeah. right? So that's the first thing that she and I are in this together. We both play our roles, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, our primary roles Mm -hmm. is to support each other. So I think if you have that understanding when it comes to marriage that my wife and I or my husband and I were in this together, Mm -hmm. like together, I think that should set the precedence of everything that happens in marriage. And for us, one of the good things that we've done since we got married, we've had what we call uh, high fives. So every week we have a family meeting. Mm. It's in our calendar. Every week we have a family meeting and there are five things that we'll always talk about. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing this since we got married. We discuss things like, hey, mm. how's this look for you? You know, so hey, you could have done better here. Oh, yeah. sorry. So if you're somebody who's a newlywed, even if you've been married for 50 years, every marriage dynamics is different. Some people are okay with it. We're the ones spouse does everything in the house and the other person works. For Emily, that's kind of how her parents have done it. Her mom works at home, the dad works out of the house, and the mom does most of the things with the kids at home. When they were younger, it worked for them. them. Great for us. We wanted to do completely different. From the beginning, before we got married, those were some of the principles that we agreed on. So I think you heard Emily saying that today when she was in school, I did most of the cooking. I yeah. did most of the cleaning. And for me, I didn't see that as doing the, what is traditional woman mm-hmm. role. Mm-hmm. I see doing as supporting my wife. Yeah. And when I get a little busier, she steps in and cover for me more than yeah. I could she do. She said, right now I'm covering up for the things that you did when she was going to school. When so. she was going to school and yeah. working and we had a young child. Mm. Super busy. I had to do a lot of almost everything. Making breakfast, lunch and dinner, mm-hmm. cooking, packing mm-hmm. out her lunch for work and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Like doing the laundry for the kids and doing the laundry for the family, mm-hmm. cleaning the back, like literally everything. And when she could help, she did. Now we're in a place where I'm a little busy right now with life and she does a lot of yeah. the helping out. And that's okay. There are ebbs and flows. There are seasons where one couple is busier than the other. It has right. to be a support system. Yeah. You cannot let it fall on one person because after a while that person will become tired and sometimes resentful and that's a very yeah, dangerous place to yeah, be yeah that is so true where they feel yeah. like they're carrying all the load yeah especially when that one person is doing everything and it's yeah. like because your first job is your home so that one that you're going outside so yes it's bringing financial increase to you and yeah. it's helping you pay your bills and all of that if the person at home is not okay there's going to be a break in the relationship, in the marriage. And as you were speaking, I was smiling here because before, when I just moved to US, I started working as a nanny because I had bills to pay. (laughs) I I was partially raised by a nanny for a long time. I thought she was my mom. Oh, see that? I worked as a nanny and it was a white couple. The guy worked from home. The lady worked out of home. And literally, the guy was the one that trained me on diaper change, Mm -hmm. what to do at this time. Like, there was a schedule in the house as well. Mm -hmm. Went through that schedule. I love that schedule because it's really, really good. He was showing me the ropes when it came to babysitting Mm -hmm. their kids. And so I had this friend that was like, why is it that the guy is the one teaching you what to do and the lady's not teaching you? I'm like, listen, dude, this is America. (laughs) So here's the thing. Whoever said... It is the woman's role to do all that. Right. Where is this stated? Where is it stated? Like, 
Is it because in those days, they're like, the woman is a weaker vessel. And so they're carrying around the woman is a weaker vessel. And the man is the one that speaks. And Which, by the way, is a total misinterpretation of scripture. It's not just in scripture. Even those that are not Christians, you see that happen. Right. So it's like, how or where did they get that from? Like, tradition. Because tradition dictates those things. Yeah. And we have been fearful to challenge some of the ill traditions in our society. And we've just embraced that as part of our own ethos instead of saying, wait a minute, because we've always done it this way doesn't make it right. right. What's the fun thing or what do you love most about fathering? So many great things. I think the one thing I love the most is that I get to do with Em. Before we even got married, before we even had kids, we said to each other, we will always be the priority. We love our kids, but Em is always more important to me. Yeah. than David and Zoe. I am always more important to him than David and Zoe. Parenting with him for me is like the best thing about being a parent because I watch her be a great mom, a great spouse. That's awesome for me. And the second thing about being a parent is just watching the kids grow, like developing their own personalities. Yeah. And David is now too, he's getting into this little rebellious stage <laughs> and you say, David, do something you're good. No. And it's, <laughs> it's fun. And you know, you get to discipline him, but you get to love on him. I gave him kiss attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just kiss him for like 50 times and he gets like, no kiss, no more kiss, you know? And just beautiful just to watch him grow. Mm-hmm. And every now and then he would crawl on your laps and bring his book and have him read to him. Mm-hmm. And as much as possible, he wanted to do the things that I do. Like if he sees me sitting down a certain way, he would come and sit in that same certain way, you so know? funny. Same as drinking my water, like he would want my bottle to drink in the exact same mm-hmm. way I drink my water. Mm-hmm. See me walking, he start walking the same way I do and just, all of those things, he's trying his hardest to be like me. And I'm saying, no, dude, you're so much better than me. So it's beautiful. And Zoe now, who's three, she's at the point where now she can respond. She she's recognizes me. She's smiling. She's yeah. smiling. She's so cute. cute. Thank you. She got it from her mom. But she can recognize my voice. Like when I walk in the room and start speaking, she recognizes my voice now. Mm. And she resp- like when she sees me, she smiles. When I make facial expressions, she responds to those. Our kids are at different stages now, beautiful stages. And just to watch them grow. Emily and I were talking this morning. We had Zoe in the bed with us because we had a late start this yeah, morning. we all did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just talking and we're like, remember when David was like this? Like, yeah, mm, I do. We're like three years ago. <laughs> and we were so sleep deprived, but we're just laughing that. And we said, can you believe someday she's going to be like David, like biggest David? Yeah. And someday she's going to be a teenager. And but, they grow up really fast. They do. That's for me. It's part of the, what I enjoy about being a parent. Yeah. Watching them grow, watching them learn new things, yeah. watching them say new things, say new words and have fun and becoming themselves. And that's why I think the other day I was telling you, it's so important to be present. That was a very good advice. Oh, Emma and I were talking about it as well. This season of my life right now, I'm super busy with a lot of things that I'm Mm -hmm. dealing with. And sometimes I am physically present. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of absent mentally. Emily always does a good job to bring me back. And you were talking about parents and you were giving me that advice about being present. Because as much as possible, we try to take them out to the park two or three times a week. And this one time I was at the park with them and I was making a phone call, like a work call, while I was with David playing with him, soccer. Mm-hmm. I didn't even remember this, yeah. but Emily saw it happen. And she was talking to me about it because you were here. And David, I think, was trying to pass me the ball, but I was on the phone oh, making yeah. a call. And I didn't even see it. Like, yeah. Consciously, out. Subconsciously, you, you I just... checked out. And Emily was like, you can't have that. 
usually I'm very good with that so most of the times but Emily and I go out I leave my phone in the car mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know whenever we go on dates mm-hmm. even at a restaurant I leave that's why you can never car. get Ivy when you call him like yeah. he says Joyce you need to stay in touch yeah. when you call Ivy I'm gonna call you back later you get that message from him I'm gonna call you back later like dude I'm not calling you ever again. <laughs> but I do understand. Like now that I'm here, I like he's. Mm-mm. I usually call you back though. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so true. And I received your advice with such gratitude mm. because being present is so important. Yeah. And some of the, my personality, who likes to go, 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 taking it slow sometimes is so good because yeah. I'm never going to get this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like uh, the memories are so important. Yeah. It's not what you got them. Whatever we talk about now, like what we're discussing about yesterday, we're always talking about, oh, what they did. We never yeah. talk about, all oh, the phone or the shoe and Nobody the dress. Cares they, about those. they got us about what happened during yeah. that time. So I love this about my dad and I love that about yeah. my mom. Oh, you remember when we did this? And when, you know, right. that's what they're going to talk about. They're not going to talk about, oh, you remember when I got an iPhone 12? Like, Nobody <laughs> no, Nobody's going to talk about that. Yeah. Nobody. I remember David's first Christmas. His grandparents got him so many gifts and it was... <laughs> I was so excited to see him unwrap the gifts and be wowed. Do you know what wowed David? The wrapping papers. <laughs> he, did, random stuff. he did not even care about the gifts they got. He was just playing with the wrapping paper because wow. him and I were playing with the wrapping papers. Oh, wow. So one thing I love is seeing when you get home and then the kids are shouting, Daddy, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and or when the mom comes and like, Mommy, like yeah. right from the window. And I really do love that. I talked to one of my friends recently and he was going to the brother's house and he got there and the kids are like, Uncle, Uncle. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, that is so sweet. And then the kids said, I miss you. I'm like, oh my God. Like, like, how how did they even know to is, say that? Like, that they're is, so young. You know, kids know more than we think. They, they yeah. And we don't give them tend on the credit they deserve. Yeah. They are very observant and they see things from a different perspective than we do. Like just hearing that melts my heart yeah. every time. Even it melted my heart. Yeah, yeah, just, you I am not that and you see with another gate. Right. You know, like just right. can't wait. Like yeah. the, the other time he almost jumped over the gate to come give me a hug. Like his mom has to hold him back. One of the sad things is that when I'm leaving to go out to the grocery store and he's just sometimes he doesn't do it a lot now. He'll be bawling, just crying because I'm leaving. And he's both mom's and dad's boy. At mm-hmm. one point, he was just a daddy's boy. And that was hard for him. Jealous. It was really hard because there was a point he wouldn't even let him talk him in at all. Oh, wow. It was only me. Now he doesn't even care if I'm there. <laughs> he's grown. He's grown. He's, grown. he's like, mom. <laughs> but again, that goes back to season. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and that's happened to you as a parent, don't take it personal. It's going to change. It has nothing to do with the yeah. parent. Yeah. It's just kids. Sometimes they're very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's kids. They're mm-hmm. learning. So if you're a dad and your child spends most time with the mom, don't take it personal. Just try to be there more. Mm-hmm. If you're a mom, and same thing too. Don't take it personally. So you're doing it. Kids are unpredictable and sometimes they have a mind of their own. So two questions. What do you wish you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger as a father now that you wish you'd known when you were younger there? There are several things. One, one. One. (laughs) (laughs) I think the fact that cannot raise our children the same way our parents raised us because Mm -hmm. the world in which they raised us for no longer exists. Mm -hmm. That's critical. Because they tried to raise you the way their parents raised them. And it was no longer there. 
it's no longer applicable. Mm-hmm. There are some things that are timeless. There are other things that are no longer applicable. They were useful at mm-hmm. one point, mm-hmm. very much necessary, in fact, at one point. But there may have come a time where they are no longer applicable. We need to adapt and be able to adjust to what is applicable. Second question, which is my last question, hopefully. What advice can you give to any father parents out there that are really struggling, trying to schedule and feeling like, oh my God, I wish I didn't have this kid now. I wish I had waited because sometimes the struggle is really real. And some people are going through mental issues, just having kids. Like some people are going to kill themselves or even hand the kids over to other people or left their kids somewhere because they're so tired of having that kid in their life. So what advice can you give them? If you're a parent, hats off to you, first of all. I get it. I get you. It's tough. Mm -hmm. It's a journey. But hang in there. It gets better. Then you have parents who are single parents. Double hats off to you. This one thing I'll say to you, though, and if you're going through a rough time now as a parent, get help. Don't do it alone. Get help. Get self-care. And if you feel like you're at the point where you truly can no longer do it, I'd rather say don't harm yourself or the baby. Find a way to give that baby for adoption if you can, or at least for fostering. Yeah, until or leave them with a friend or something. Friend for a or wife, family for a while until, until you can get your feet together. Yeah. I think that's healthy. But don't feel like you have to do it alone because if you cannot find support in your spouse or your family, you can find support in your community. Don't do it alone. Get help. Yeah. Get counseling if you can. Get Be in a community. So yeah. like I said, I'm a part of a church. And that's my community. I work to as a chaplain at a college. That's mm-hmm. also my community. Mm-hmm. So find a community that can support you because you need that support. Whatever you do, if you didn't get anything from all we've talked about today, mm-hmm. go with this. Don't do parenting alone. Nobody was created or designed to do parenting alone. Mm-hmm. We cannot succeed doing parenting alone. Mm-hmm. Parenting has to be done with the support of a community. Parenting has to be done with the support of a community. On that note, we end this podcast. We all need that support in our lives and grateful to have you as a support in my life. Grateful to be a support to you. Thank you. You've Um, been very supportive today. You (laughs) made a huge lunch that's going to last my wife and I for days and we don't have to worry about cooking for days. That's great support. That's the family and friends support I'm talking about. I'm supposed to be on a vacation, guys. Vacation. You've been working. No, you've been working. (laughs) But while you're taking a quick break, you've been holding our baby and you've been cooking and that's Grateful it's to a great God support. for that. Well, thank you. We thank God. You should come more often. <laughs> come more often just because of food, guys. No. Just because of the food. <laughs> That's a plus, you know. Come more often. I haven't seen you in like years. Whatever, Andy. It's true. Thank you, though. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Cause they-